friends, and welcome back to episode three of The Daily Pour. So today we are so excited to unpack this brilliant blueprint that Brene Brown crafted with her brilliance, and it is her wholehearted parenting manifesto, which is such a beautiful contribution to humanity as a guide for for how we do one of the most important things on this planet, which is parenting these little small humans. And how we do that and and the energy of which we show up with that will change the world. So welcome to this episode as we talk about parenting seen through the eyes of Brene Brown. and dear person to both of our hearts uh, and one of her most magnificent pieces of work I think that I've ever seen which is Brene Brown and her wholehearted parenting manifesto and I think it's so relevant for two reasons the first one being you're a you're a new parent mm-hmm. relatively speaking <laughs> I mean you've got a brand new little baby girl and Declan is what two and a half he's three no he's not he was just turned three. Oh my god in July yeah let's do yeah. You're a new parent. You are a new parent. And, and I was thinking about that, you know, and I've already done my parenting and ruined my children for life. So you get, you get a whole new chance to chance at it with your batch. But, Isn't that um, the biggest fear though? That's like that we're going to ruin them. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, I think about it every single day. Oh, absolutely. Like, please don't let me do anything today. It's going to ruin my child. My children. Well, yeah, please, please do not let me do anything. That's going to put my, my child in therapy later and healing their inner child yeah talking about their mother right yeah. all the all the horrible things that happened in childhood that now my my inner child is so wounded and I need years of therapy to undo what she did to me right you know oh, and, and there's so much there's so much um everywhere you turn it's like healing the inner child healing the inner child so I I kind of brought those two ideas together when I was thinking the other day and I thought, you know, that this would be a really fun talk, topic to talk about because being aware as a parent, I don't think is in terms of everything we do and everything they see and the energies around and they are little sponges picking up every little thing that they're, they're, they're not processing anything in terms of how it makes sense. They're just storing data, storing data. There are big storage, you know, uh, facility as a little human and just they're taking it all in they're taking it all in and eventually you know they have all this data and now they're trying to figure out what they want to do with it all and that's when they start making decisions right about you know oh I wonder if that would be a good idea for me to go do that or to go do that and so I was there's no answers but I think it's just a great conversation to talk about how can we show up as parents uh, and be very present and very aware of what the environment in total could potentially be teaching our children. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I don't think there is, um, there's, well, there's no playbook. I wish there was. It's so funny when we first had our son, we were leaving the hospital and I remember looking at my husband just being like, so that's it. They're just going <laughs> to let us leave with this baby. <laughs> you know, like what, 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 
okay. <laughs> you know, it's just such a weird feeling. Um, Absolutely. I, when I remember when, um, and I had my first baby at 30, certainly like, I thought I like, yeah, I got this. This is not going to be a problem. Well, yeah, let's do this. And I remember I had such confidence. I ran the books. I mm -hmm. knew what I was doing. And I remember when the nurse came in and said, okay, we're going to release you now. I burst into like uncontrollable tears and said, no, I'm not ready. I can't do this. I don't think yeah. I can take care of her. I have no idea what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> well, and what's funny about that too is the, that like the newborn stage, that's actually the easy part, right? Because then you get into what we're kind of talking about as far as like, um, you know, them being little storage centers and just holding on to all this, this data and absorbing things like a sponge. That's the part that is hard. Um, and I, you know, in my work that I do with athletes, I explain to them how their belief system is created, right? And I, I love that you use the phrase storing data because um, I kind of talk to them about how their subconscious is, um, think of it like a computer, like your, like your consciousness is like a computer and every experience that you have is something that's getting downloaded into your subconscious and mm -hmm. it's there and it stays there forever. And, you know, and, and you may not, you know, it may not impact you right then and there. You may not realize that it's having an effect on you, but who knows, maybe in like 15 years, you're, you find yourself in a situation and auto, automatically you're having, um, I don't know, these thoughts or a physiological response to something. And it's triggers. Because, yes, triggers. exactly. That's exactly what a trigger is, right? And yep. it's because yep. of that program that was downloaded 15 years prior. And so for me on a daily basis, I'm like, oh my God, what am I what am I programming in my son today? Yeah. <laughs> what am I programming in, in him today? Yeah. You know uh, that thing you saw earlier? Give that back to me. I don't want yeah. you to hold on to that. <laughs> well, and it's really funny because, you know, obviously I've never done this before. Um, and, but I'm very aware of the effects, you know, because I, I, that's what I do with kids, essentially teenagers is I work on kind of bringing those programs up to the surface and identifying them and working through them so that they can sort of release things and, um, I don't know, uh, live a more positive life, I guess you could say, free from the things that are holding them back. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm used to dealing with. And now I have this three-year-old and now I'm, he's in that, that age where I'm like, okay, so this was probably, you know, when I tell my athletes, this is probably something that, you know, was programmed a long time ago by an outside influence. Um, so, you know, if we'll think back and if we can't, you know, put our finger on it, that's fine. But I'm, I'm in that stage with my son right now. And so like the examples that I use with the kids, I'm actually like experiencing that firsthand, like looking both ways before you cross the street, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty soon that becomes, you know, it's in the subconscious. You don't even have to think about it. You just look and you cross the street, right? But on the flip side, I caught myself, this was a couple of weeks ago, and I think I told you this story, where I programmed him <laughs> um, to think that he couldn't do things. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anything malicious, but I, you know, I have my newborn, right? And at the time she was probably four months old, three months old, and I'd be feeding her, breastfeeding, and that takes a long time, right? And a lot of attention, and I have to sit down and, you know, it's just because it's not that's a whole other podcast episode, <laughs> but I would be doing that. And he would ask me for a drink of water or for a snack or for, um, to take him for a walk or, you know, all of these things. And 
I didn't realize it, but I kept saying, oh, I can't right now, buddy. I'm, you know, I'm feeding your sister. or I can't right now. Um, I'll do it in a minute. I can't right now. I can't right now. I can't right now. And then the next thing I know, we're in his little classes together or whatever. And the teachers are asking him to do stuff. And he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, where did this, why, did how does he even from? know this word? I can't, right? I literally, my mind was blown. And I'm like, I'm going to have to think about this because clearly this came from me somehow right? Because the little bit of TV that he watches, they, I'm pretty right. sure they don't use that word. Right. <laughs> um, you know, they know, <laughs> right? So I'm like, this obviously came from me. So I'm like racking my brain. And then one time, one day I'm feeding her and he asks me for something. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh my God. I programmed my son. So I was like, what do I do? I was, you know, how do I? And so I just kind of switched gears and went into my my sports psychology mode. And I started reprogramming him. I just, you know, I said any, any, every chance I got, I was like, yes, we can. Yes, I can. We can do anything. I can do anything. Right. And just over and over and over again. And I, Kim, I, I reprogrammed him. He, it's I can't, so awesome. he doesn't say I can't anymore. Isn't that so amazing? And how probably it happened like within a week. It did. And that's the big difference there. And it's exactly what you're talking about. They're just so like spongy, mm -hmm. right? They learn things so quickly. That's why, you know, they teach kids multiple languages when they're mm -hmm. this age yeah. for that reason. But yeah, to reprogram him was so, and I hate that I use the words reprogram. But. No, I know, but yeah, we, and we had a little side conversation about yes. programming because it sounds yes. so like, but you're my little sweetness. You're not I my know. little robot. But exactly. Again, it's data, but it was easier. Data yeah. and programming. It is, it yeah. is just my athletes so much time to do so much time. And as adults, it's even worse, right? So much time to sort of let go of those limiting beliefs and, and quote unquote, reprogram your yourself, right? So much time, but with, you know, with someone who's so little mm -hmm. three, right? It, mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, it was, it was literally probably like a week. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, and then you have, you know, you'll have your Blake, which will be then be watched as she grows up, she'll be watching Declan and following all of his leads on everything and storing stuff that he's, you know, giving her data on and, you know, and, and you know, so it's just going to be really, it's always just very interesting to see how, how these little beautiful humans develop and grow so uniquely and so differently, but they collect data in different ways, even though the data is the same. Yeah. How they oh, yeah. interpret it. Oh yeah. How it coming in will be different, right? And so it's such a a fascinating subject. But I think that the the fun part about discussing it today would be to say, well, first of all, we always have to give us ki ourselves kindness and grace because we're never going to be perfect parents ever. It's it's not a possibility. So the best type of parent I think that we could be is truly represented in this manifesto with. Renee Brown. Agreed. And yes, if, absolutely. if we could even like come close to living in the energy of this manifesto, I think that we'll cut down their therapy time in half as adults. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, this really, if you guys haven't seen it, like it's a quick Google search, I'm sure, but yeah. you know, I have it pulled up right now and it's just beautiful. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's, um, you know, I've started kind of working with parents as well as the athletes because it's, you know, it's a, it's really is a team effort. And I try to get them to, you know, buy into this kind of thing. Like if you have to allow your children to be vulnerable and a good way to do that is to, um, you know, lead by example, being vulnerable with them, 
let them know that that's okay. Right. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to hide emotions. Yes. And um, for all those after we get, get done talking about this, you know, want to know where to get this, we'll definitely put the link in the show notes how to, to access it. But, um, and it's funny because I looked it up and this is kind of where it came into because I had to go to two, uh, attend two baby showers recently. And I thought, this is just a lovely little something to slip into a card at a baby shower for a new parent. Oh, it's, oh, I love that idea. That's Don't great. you? Yeah. 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 So that's where it kind of came into my consciousness this week. I'm like, what can I do? And then it just popped in like, oh, then I was reading it again. I was refreshing. I'm like, oh, this week, this is something we're going to talk about. So why don't we just break it down from the top? Sounds good. Yeah. What's, what's the first, just read the first little thought there that she had. Sure. It says, above all else, I want you to know that you are loved and lovable. You will learn this from my words and actions. The lessons on love are in how I treat you and how I treat myself. And that's huge. And it's kind of what we talked about last week, a little yep. bit. How, we pour, how do we pour into ourselves? Exactly. How are we treating ourselves? How are we caring for our own lives? How are we respecting ourselves? setting our own boundaries, right? Like they're looking at that. Oh yeah. And like I always say um, to put your own oxygen mask on first, yep. you have to, because if you're, if you're not truly taking care of yourself, how can you take care of anybody else? Right. Mm-hmm. And it, that works in relationships, but also, you know, especially with, with children too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, and I believe too, like when you think about a lot of the adult traumas that we have to to unpack when we get older and deal with a lot of it comes from this core belief that you are not loved, Mm -hmm. you know? And so as much as possible, how we can decide to make sure that we are showing love as often as possible. We are with our words, with our, with our physical touch, Mm -hmm. with the way that we, but, you know, we'll take the crust off of their bread and cut it the way they want to Yeah. make sure they have their favorite sippy cup and that it's not lost or in the car. Like there's so many little different ways that we can continue to show up and, and, and show them how loved they are. Right. And, you know, and I've even done uh, work with, um, you know, healing inner child wounds where people tell me like, well, I was never told that my parents never told me they loved me that we, we didn't come from an affectionate household. I never got a hug. Like, that's to me is in, in incredible. Yeah. I can't even, I, I it, can't imagine. It's funny when I went to college, um, you know, my parents obviously took me and they would visit and stuff like that. My brother and so on and so forth. And I remember some of my teammates being like, you have a very huggy family. You guys <laughs> like hug each other a lot. I'm like, well, you guys don't like, we love right. each other that, you know, we, I, I love hugging my parents yeah. and my brother. And yeah. my kids, I can't get enough of them. Like I am dreading the day that my son is like, Ugh, I don't want to hug you right now, mom. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I just, I, I can't get enough of it. And it's, it's, yeah. it is incredible to me too, that you can come from a family where a, it's not, you're not told and B you're not, you know, loved, like hugged and, you know, that sort of thing. Cause I, I don't know. I, I just think the action speaks so loudly. Yeah. I, yes. That's, and yeah. for anybody who's out there who grew up in that environment, number one, I, we, we are so sorry. Yeah, we are so sorry. And if you are still feeling that showing up with and being able to say, you know, out loud that you love somebody or that you have trouble having people tell you that they love you and that, that, you know, being hugged is something that's uncomfortable. Um, 
please continue to do the work because we are all meant to be loved. We yeah. are all meant to be lovable. And we, in living in an existence where we don't feel and have the capacity to, to feel this tremendous love is not doing our soul any good. Right. You know, so, so um, always letting our, our children know that they are loved and they are so lovable is right. so key. That's the first one. So the yeah. second one, I want you to engage with the world from a place of worthiness. You will learn that you are worthy of love, belonging, and joy. Every time you see me practice self-compassion and embrace my own imperfections. Mm -hmm. I love this. I, I mean, every single one of these is great, but yeah, I, I just embracing your own imperfections. That's huge because it's, it's so important for young people to learn that we aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's not the goal. It, perfection does not exist. It right. does not exist. And if we continue to strive for this thing that we will never obtain, we're just setting ourselves up for failure and disappointment. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think, um, you know, when you're a kid, you do look to your parents as being these perfect beings, maybe. Right. Um, so I, I do think it is important to be able to, you know, call yourself out when you make a mistake and like, see my, even my, I just did this the other day with, I don't remember what it was. I can't even remember, but it was, just, I said, you know, see, even mommy and daddy trip or fall or whatever it was, you know, it happens mm -hmm. to everyone. We, you mm -hmm. know, we're all, we're all the same, we, you know, you're still worthy, as she says, worthy of mm -hmm. love, belonging and joy. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. make you any less worthy of things. Yes. And even as I get older to, to help them understand that the, the growth is in the failing. The growth yes. is in not doing it well. The yes. growth is in um, knowing that, oh, I desire to be better than that. So therefore I'm gonna put my energy into, you know, figuring out how to be better. And, so, and yeah. there's so much, there's so much, um, there's so much messaging in not doing things well that we have to listen and pay attention to. Somewhere along the way, it becomes this, um, like mistakes and failure become this big nasty thing that people try to avoid at all costs and i'm like no they're important mm -hmm. like we need to make those mistakes like you said to learn and grow well first of all a, a life without mistakes how boring you oh. know how boring, well, boring. <laughs> but you know but also it's imperative because without making the mistakes and going through the tough stuff we we don't have that growth we don't learn right mm -hmm. but you know somewhere along the way, you know, these, the athletes that I work with it and mistakes are they're they're feared. So feared. It's like, mm -hmm. I can't make these mistakes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's shift our mindset a little bit. Let's look at them as a good thing because mm -hmm. without them, we don't hit that next level. Right. And I think that's, it's really important to start teaching that at a young age. Um, you know, just like she says here, cause it's, you can't, you can't live that way. Fearing mm -hmm mistakes and mm -hmm. aiming for perfection. I, I completely, I think a, a good definition of, of what perfection is, is it's, it doesn't exist, but, but living a perfect life is a life lived in embracing your imperfections and continuing to move forward in, in accepting that and growing regardless. Right. Right. And so, um, 
modeling that as a parent is is important. So how would we as a parent demonstrate to our kids like let's say we I don't know let's say we spilled something all over and we broke something that's something mm -hmm. that's common for kids because they play with balls in the house and stuff and you know so let's say we accidentally did something and we knocked something over and it spilled and it broke broke how we respond to that mm -hmm. for ourselves mm -hmm. will teach them how they should respond when it happens to them mm -hmm. absolutely right so a parent could go you know, start cursing and, oh, and I can't believe I did that. And I wouldn't have done that if you did that. And they, and they could just like make that entire situation be such a big deal that now the child is watching, oh, I better not ever do that. <laughs> right. I bet I, I stay away from all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And I know what's going to happen to me if, if that, you know, so we're teaching them. So maybe instead we go, oops, Look what mommy just did. Yeah. You know, mommy better go clean that up. Mommy didn't yeah. mean to do that. Oh well, it's okay. It'll all clean up and it's, you know, nothing bad happened. Da, da, da. Like really trying to figure out how to make them not be scared by watching you respond to how, you know, you mess up. Yeah. And in that, you know, the first example that you gave, it's almost like it's the end of the world. We spilt this thing and it's the world is over, right? Over. So over. If they were then to go play soccer in their little soccer class and they I don't know, make a mistake, they whiff on the ball or whatever. And then now you see that kind of behavior from them, right? Their little world is, oh my gosh, how devastating to see that, mm -hmm. you know? And it's that usually of, looks like them falling, face planting onto the ground and crying and you have to take them off because they can't play soccer anymore, but yes. they just made a mistake. Yeah. Yes, and every time that that behavior is repeated, it just gets more and more ingrained into their belief system, right? So it's, it, I love that example. It's so important to, recognize you know what you're emitting and that these little eyes and ears are always watching you and not only that but just lighten up lighten up exactly <laughs> it's not that big of a deal you know lighten if, if you're get so stressed out over such some uh, small things you know that's that's kind of what we talked about last time is like you know we need to do a little bit of work there because you, you can't live in that stress bubble that's not healthy right <laughs> so, so what is a parent to do who's in the process of, of learning how to be better in this area and she catches herself or he catches himself flipping up and maybe responding to too abruptly to something. And then after it's all over, and of course, that energy is already emitted out the, in the universe, recognizes it. What could a parent do to basically try to stick the toothpaste back in the tube for the kid? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't think there's such thing as sticking the toothpaste back in the tube. It's about figuring out how to use all the stuff that you accidentally got out, right? So, you know, you put it on the sides of the brush and whatever. You have a little extra toothpaste that right. day. Right. But essentially, I think it's just important for you to go through that recognition process, right? And what I teach my athletes all the time is it's not about eliminating your emotions because that's not realistic and we don't want to do that. It's important to feel those things, right? Mm -hmm. But you want to acknowledge what's happening, let yourself experience that and then pivot, right? So it could be the same thing with a parent and child scenario. So if you felt yourself starting to maybe explode over a certain situation and they're watching, you know, you could go through this explanation afterwards. You could catch yourself and, and just sort of walk through that process of what you're going through, because now what you're teaching them is, yeah, sometimes we feel these intense emotions and that's okay. But it's, you know, we don't want to live in that 
that space for very long because that's not good for us either. We want to, we want to get to a more beneficial spot. So you just kind of walk them through that process. We can experience this. We can let ourselves feel it because sometimes, you know, that's what we need to do, but then we'll pivot and we'll figure out a way to move past it. We'll implement some sort of um, you know, I know you would maybe use these words, but coping mechanism, you know, deep breaths, that sort of thing to, to sort of move past it. And, um, the, you know, deep breath, that's sort of something I started teaching my son when he was like one, as soon as he understood what it meant to like smell a flower and blow out candles, like I was teaching him how to take deep breaths. Right. Um, so, but I think it's really important and that's such a great thing that you brought up. It's so important to walk them through that process that you're going through too, because, they are going to experience intense emotions mm-hmm. at some point in their lives. Mm-hmm. And they need to know that that's okay too. Right. I actually love what you said too, about the pivoting because, and, and what we're showing them is you can even be in the middle of a particularly negative energy situation. Mm-hmm. And if you're just present enough, you can stop that in the middle and pivot Absolutely. in the middle Absolutely. and you can even pivot afterwards. And it's, you know what it's, and this is just not for parents and for kids. This is for husbands and wives, mm-hmm. best friends, parents. Like we all show up sometimes just not necessarily emitting the energy that we wanted, but we are allowed to pivot and, and, and uh, say, hey, the way I kind of showed up earlier, that, that was no good. <laughs> and I am so sorry. And I wish I would have caught myself and done something different, but I didn't. But I recognize it now. And I just want you to know, you know, I'm. I didn't mean to, and I'm sorry. Absolutely. It's not too late, right? To, it's never to too late. To never yeah, too late. And like you said, it could happen in the middle. You could recognize right away. You could recognize a little bit later. But I think the important thing though, if you do recognize it later, because for a lot of people, that's what happens. I always remember that happening with my dad. Like he would come back to us later and we'd have a conversation later, right? And I, I really appreciated that. And I, you know, I still to this day. So I think it's important, like don't just forget about it just because a couple of hours have passed because mm-hmm. they haven't. Right. Right. Come back and and just have a conversation and it doesn't have to be, you know, serious or intense, but I think it's important to walk them through your process because eventually someday it's going to be a process that they're going to, to walk through and they need that, that example, right. They need to be led by example that way. Yeah. I kind of just had this little vision right now of, you know, how we're, so they're data, data collecting, right. And that's true for all of us. We're dating, Mm -hmm. we're data collecting on every everyone around us, but the data collection is almost like catch it before it goes into long-term memory, catch it while it's still sitting there in that short-term memory. And you can have a chance to go in and edit it before it, you know, gets embedded into concrete. Yeah. Right. You can catch it. If you catch it soon enough, like you can go, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no, no. You know, mommy came back and told me that. And Oh yeah, she wasn't really mad. Oh, and she laughed at herself. Okay. Now I can sort of re- put that into my data sources. Oh, that wasn't such a bad thing because you got to it early. Right. Exactly. And even if that quote unquote early is a couple hours later, it's still better than just forgetting about it completely. Because like you said, now the program that's been downloaded is that initial thing that they saw. Right. But even if it's like the next day or whatever, and you go back and you have this conversation, you revisit it and walk through it again. Now you're kind of, I I use a a cassette tape example. You're re-recording over the, I hope people on here know what cassette tapes are. (laughs) You're recording over the cassette tape, right? Google it. Yeah. (laughs) And cassette tapes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's, that's an excellent point. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. What's the next one? Okay. Uh, we will practice courage in our family by showing up 
letting ourselves be seen, and honoring vulnerability. We will share our stories of struggle and strength. There will always be room in our home for both. Oh, I just love this so much. I got little goosebumps. Me too. I literally got goosebumps and like I have tears in my eyes. Mm -hmm. It's so important. You can't fake it. You can't like, there's that whole kind of perfection ideology again. Like it doesn't exist. So don't pretend that it does. It's important. Allow them to feel the struggles and strengths. Mm -hmm. Go through that with them in addition, or, you know, the struggles and failures in addition to the strengths and the wins, right? Mm -hmm. It's so important to do both because, you know, they need to build that self-reflection muscle and be able to do this stuff for themselves. And you are the one that's going to lead the way. So do you, um, I think this is interesting because there's been such a, you know, there's been such roles, you know, with how boys have been treated and how girls have been treated. I have one of each, you have one of each, mm-hmm. right? And traditionally we treat our boys like, you know, oh, don't cry, don't be, you know, get up. It doesn't hurt, you know, uh, and girls, you know, oh, poor baby, come over here. Let me kiss your little boo-boo. Right? Like there's these ways that we program a, mm-hmm. a, a girl versus a boy. Absolutely, yep. And I think, have you done any thinking about how you show up for both of your kids and how you're going to, you know, uh, set the role modeling for that? Um, yeah, so I think about it a lot. And, um, you know, because I do work with boys and with girl athletes, mm-hmm. the way I show up for those kids is exactly the same. Um, I will treat them differently based on their behavioral style because we all have different kind behavioral styles, right? I use, um, I'm sure a lot of people on here might be familiar with the DISC assessment. Ah, yeah, Companies use it. Well, they, uh, Bo Hansen and Liz Mason have adapted it to athletes. So it's an athlete DISC assessment. And so I use that with my athletes and it's, it's a wonderful tool because it allows the athlete to understand what their behavioral style is, but not only that, what their teammates are, what their coaches are, what their parents are, what their siblings are, and that, you know, everybody learns things differently. Everybody reacts to things differently. Everybody communicates or prefers different modes of communication, that sort of thing. And so to be able to show up for each each individual as their own separate individual, I think is very important. Mm -hmm. And so I already do that with my athletes. So I feel like I haven't really... I mean, cause Blake is so young, my daughter, right. she's so young still, but I, I really, I, I, I can't see myself showing up any differently for them. Um, like the way that I, you know, am with my son is I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same exact way I'm going to be with my daughter that, you know, it doesn't really, um, mm-hmm. and it, it could be too, because of the way I was raised as well. Like, I don't really think that there was a difference in the way that I was raised versus the way that my brother was raised. Um, I do remember that I had a curfew my senior year and my brother didn't. That's the only thing though. <laughs> but that's <laughs> so, probably because you're a girl. <laughs> well, and that's, that's exactly it, right? Like, you know, and so, but playing hockey with boys my whole life and that sort of thing, I just, I, I, I can't see that being something that I will struggle yeah. with. For, for you, husband, I agree. My husband might be a little different. Yep. But we'll see that play out. Um, but for me, I, I can't see that being... And I would venture to say that you and your brother were treated very much um, the same because let's face it, you were a badass hockey player. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, you already showed up like, like, you know, don't even try to treat me like a girl. <laughs> like, well, and that's, you know what? You? And, and that's, that's true. Actually, you know, yeah. I, I, d- I did have sort of that mentality, you know, like, and yeah. 
still to this day, I, people will tell me that um, if it weren't for my long hair, they would have thought I was a boy on life. <laughs> Cause I, oh, I guess that's a compliment. Yeah. I, that's a compliment. I take, yeah. I mean, I did, you know, playing with boys and stuff. So it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah. So the, the thing too, I think, which is if I was a parent today and I thought a lot about this because I came through and I can admit this very much. So now as a parent, if I had to go back and say, one of the things that I probably could have done better is I did rush to every little thing for my kids. I, you know, and I tried to soften their lives. I tried to make the landings, you know, so soft for them and not have them feel any pain that, you know, and it's, oh my goodness. You're not alone in that. I know. And it's really hard to know how to, because if we, if we protect them from feeling their pain, if we protect them from feeling their feelings, if we, if we try to make everything better, or, or, or tell them that, you know, that, um, you know, they shouldn't feel their feelings or they should feel or feel their feelings too much, then we're not allowing them the space to figure out and build their own tool chest for dealing with their own problems as we get older. So sometimes the, I think the hardest part about being a parent is knowing that you just have to let them hurt. It's, and that's, Yes. It's so hard. Um, and it's funny because before I had my kids, I would say this to parents all the time. Like you have to let them fail. You have to let them experience that heart, that heartbreak and, you know, whatever it is, not making a team or breaking up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, you know, all those things. And now that I have my own kid, I still believe in that wholeheartedly because it is so important. Like you said, in order to be able to develop these, these tools that they need to be successful in life. But it, I gotta tell you, it's so hard. Something as simple as like, I'll have my son at the playground and he'll want to play with these other kids who are, you know, you can tell are established friendships or whatever, and he'll want to go and play and he'll go and they'll like shun him or they'll run away from him or they, they won't include him. And I, I'm literally like dying on the inside, like yep. just dying. And I want to just scoop him up and just take him away. And, you know, but I, I know that he needs to experience this kind of thing because it's so important for his growth and development. Um, you know, I can't keep him in a bubble, even though it kills me inside. So what I, 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 you know, I do my best when it comes to that stuff. And, um, luckily he's not really, he doesn't really understand that yet that he's being like rejected. <laughs> he doesn't get it yet, but it still hurts me. So I'll go home at night and I'll, you know, my husband and I will talk it through and I'll be like, this was so hard on me today. Declan didn't care, but it was yeah. so hard on me. I just need to talk it through. And yeah. you know, we do. And, and that's really helpful. Again, having that person that you can talk to about it, but, and I know it's just going to get harder. Like I know the first time he gets his heart broken by a girl, I'm just going to be <laughs> why because that's my little dude like I just I know, oh my God. I, know. Yeah. And that, I think that's the, that is the hardest thing so it's really for a parent it's really saying hey I can't I can't prevent the short-term hurt because then I will be doing my child a disservice to handle the long handle it in the long term when yeah. they're out on their own right and so so I'm going to skip down to because it falls right into to one of her manifestos which is Together we will cry and face fear and grief. I will want to take away your pain, but instead I will sit with you and teach you how to feel it. Yep. Oh, so powerful. So powerful. And right on, just spot on. Yeah. yeah. 
And I think that's so important just, and we, we kind of talked about it a little bit already where, you know, allow them to feel those emotions and even for yourself, feel, feel those emotions. That's important, you know, and then, you know, you can work through it and pivot afterwards, but to teach them how you just sit with them and just let them feel whatever it is they're feeling. Mm. Don't try to take it away. Don't try to prevent it from happening because they need to go through it in order to come out stronger on the other side. hundred percent. And equally girls and boys, we, we, oh, we must allow, we must allow our boys to be able to feel what they're feeling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Oh, so good. Okay. Next. What is our next one? Um, let's see. Did we do compassion? Yes. We need to compassion now. Read that one. Okay. We will teach you compassion by practicing compassion with ourselves first, then with each other. We will set and respect boundaries. We will honor hard work, hope, and perseverance. Rest and play will be family values as well as family practices. Compassion, boundaries. Those are two really important concepts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honoring hard work, hope, and perseverance, I think it is great too. Mm -hmm. um, I think that somewhere along the line, we've kind of gotten away from encouraging um, effort. Mm -hmm. And we, we've started in this again, this is just coming from my experience working with athletes and, you know, um, Instead, we've we started focusing on outcomes, you know, things that we don't have control over. Um, and we've sort of drifted away from the effort and the hard work that goes into it. And that's what should be rewarded, right? Mm -hmm. Things that you have control. The process. The, yeah, process. the process. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you can control. Absolutely. Yep. You can control, you know, your the process that you go through and um, you can't get like at the end of the day, you're not you can't control whether or not you score five goals in a game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there's other outside factors that might prohibit you from doing that, like the goalie or, you know, the other, the defenseman, or even the referee mm -hmm. might get in the way, so on and so forth. But I think honoring hard work um, and perseverance, I, I love those, those words. Mm -hmm. What do you think she means? Um, or let's just maybe talk a little bit more about setting and respecting boundaries. Well, I think um, setting, you know, setting and respecting boundaries means that if you're, let's say your son or daughter comes home and they have a really bad day at school and they just you know they need they they need an hour to just go into their room and do whatever they're going to do to decompress um, and we recognize that that's honoring a boundary as opposed to okay get in here let's start your homework um, <laughs> yeah. we have to run off to hockey practice at this time so let's get to it and you know what your room is a mess so you know what get that cleaned up before this and you know what you left that's not honoring <laughs> you know that's not it so I think honoring yeah. a boundary is is seeing them seeing yeah. what they need mm -hmm. and allowing them whatever space they need to do that the rest we can come in with later right, right. yeah it's not what we need them to do because what we're doing is we're we're only now looking at what we need done yeah we are completely ignoring seeing them and what they need at the moment yeah and again for to teach our children as we give them a lot to respect their boundaries, they respect ours. So when they, uh, like when you walk in the house and you just got home from doing, you know, your Costco target run and you've been working all day and they're hungry and you just, you need, you need five minutes to pour your glass of wine. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so everybody out of the room. I got to get everything put away, pour my glass of wine. You, we can reconvene life in 20 minutes. Yes. Respecting your boundary that, okay, yeah. mom just got home. We'll just everyone chill out. So eventually yeah. I'm sure we'll get fed again. Right. right. I think if you, in that scenario, if you come home and, and your child recognizes and instantly starts to help you put the groceries away and maybe gets their own little snack, yeah. you, you, you're winning life. Like you are you're doing, winning a, you life. Are doing a great job. Yeah. But 100%. the boundary thing too, like if you recognize when they need that space and allow them to have that space, it's so important because if on the flip side, you do what you said, you know, the opposite, like, well, too bad. You got to clean your room. Yeah. You got to go walk. You're Life's tough. essentially what you're, what you're ingraining in them is that other people's needs are more important than theirs. Oh, that's so good, Danielle. Right. It's, so and good. that's, you, you, you don't want to, you don't want to get to that point. They need to understand. And this is so important when they're young, they need to know that their needs are important and not any less important than anybody else's. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes when they're little, it's like, well, because I said so, you know, and oh, you know, and, well, stuff I like that. So. and I I understand where that might come into play. But as long as you're being mindful of that and not teaching them that, hey, you know, I'm mommy and my needs are more important than yours right now. So you're gonna do what I'm, you know, I, I think that's a boundary thing too. And I think that's so important. Um I just agree. recognize. Yeah. You know what phrase I think that that we really need to use more of and this and I would would not mind if we program this into our little humans. Um, hey, what do you need right now? Yeah. Yes. What do you need? What do you need right now? What 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 is all this all this 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 little tantrum thing you just had or this little anger thing you got going on right now? Shh, let's take a breath. Mm -hmm. What do you really need? Think yes. about it. Let me know. Let, let me know what you need. Yeah. And I how great would it be? Right. And do that and do that. Right. And then how great would it be if all of a sudden your, your, your little 11 year old popped up one day and, or actually it'd be cuter if they were three, I can just <laughs> now see little Declan saying this. He does. I'm sorry. He does that. Oh my because, God. Because I do that to him. I say, what, what do you need right now, dude? Like, what, how can I help you? What do you need? Like if he's happy, if he, because in a lot of times too, he, he doesn't, he can't figure it out or he can't yeah. put the words to it and he gets frustrated. And so I'll say, just take a couple deep breaths. Mm -hmm you know, to, and what do you need? Let's just re relax a bit, take some deep breaths. That's how we relax. And just tell, and so he has started doing that with Blake. Oh my God. It's so cute. Like oh, she'll be so crying cute. and he'll go, what, what need Blake? What do you Aww. need? Blake? And he'll just come, he'll bring her some toys. He'll come with a little rag and wipe the drool off her face. It is like, literally my heart explodes. And oh, I'm like, A plus, okay, A plus I, in the department. Like, no, I'm not doing it all wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's awesome. Because I just think just having, having your little humans learn how to ask other people, Hey, what do you need? What's wrong? What do you yeah. need is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Because you're creating strong humans that will stick up for people. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, hopefully then we can eliminate bullying altogether someday yes, but you know exactly. what i mean like, in our perfect little world that we yeah, live in yes yeah. perfect okay let's see the next one you will learn accountability and respect by watching me make my mistakes and make amends and by watching how i ask for what i need and talk about how i feel yeah so we were just talking about what do you need yeah. right now yeah how do i feel we just i mean we just talked about that yeah, yeah. checking so, in yeah I, that's check, yeah huge yep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. love that the next one 
I want you to know joy. So together we will practice gratitude. Mm. This is huge. And I can tell you, I teach this to my kids, my athletes. Mm-hmm. And at first they're kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I push them and I push them and I push them. I said, I, I say, trust me, just, just one to three things a day, just write down one to three things a day that you're grateful for. And they do it because, you know, mm-hmm. they do, <laughs> you know, I ask them and they, they do. Yeah. And I can tell you that every single one of them likes it. They might start off being like, this is weird you know, and to them, it's weird because it's foreign. They've never done it before, mm-hmm. um, but they, they start to do it and they really, really appreciate, they grow to appreciate it. And not only that, but it helps you to be able to find the positive in every situation, you know, like COVID sucked, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. but if you can, you know, just look at, take a step back and really look, there were a lot of positives that came out a of a lot it. of silver linings that came out mm-hmm. of the condition that the, the condition that COVID created because right. it forced us all into ourselves more. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know, so we had to deal with some stuff that we weren't used to dealing with and we had to be grateful for little things. Um, I, uh, I have some clients where, um, that I'll see on a, a couple times a week and, and one of them always reminds me, don't forget about gratitude Friday, because we always close every Friday with gratitude. And she literally looks forward to it. Like, don't forget about gratitude Friday, you know, so it's people love feeling good. And that's what being grateful is, you know, I, it was funny yesterday. It was, uh, yesterday was Sunday and I was very depressed because my green Bay Packers were nowhere to be found. (laughs) They were lost somewhere in the wilderness and I was so mad. And so I came upstairs and, um, and I had to make my bed. I just cleaned all my linens and I was remaking my bed and I was like, oh, I don't want to remake my bed right now. So I laid down on my bed and I sat there and went, I love my bed. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. my bed is so comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get excited when I get into, my, and I just did this whole gratitude thing for yeah. having a bed Yeah, that was so comfortable and so, such a peaceful, welcoming, safe space to just yeah. be in. Mm-hmm. And and I, I kind of had that moment yesterday. I was just like, for the simple things, I'm just, I'm yeah. just grateful for this bed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, we talked about it on our first episode. Like one of the biggest things I'm grateful for every day is a quiet cup of coffee by myself before the chaos ensues. It's, Absolutely. So, it's a simple thing, just a simple little cup yep. of coffee, but I'm so grateful for it. And it just, you know, waking up like that, expressing that gratitude, it just sort of sets you up. Mm-hmm. for a more positive day. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very important. And, and I think, you know, having uh, gratitude, um, you know, days with your kids and talking about what are you, what are you grateful for? Um, or how, what was your, you know, what was the best thing that happened, you know, for you today? Just making sure that we're putting those little ideas in the head that we're always looking for the good parts of the day. We're exactly. always recognizing them. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Huge. Huge. All right. How about when uncertainty and scarcity visit, you will be able to draw from the spirit that is part of our everyday life. That's the energy that exists in the room, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I would say that every environment you walk into has an energy and you know it, your body knows it right away. If you're in a happy place, a fearful place, an unsafe place, you know, 
you're, we need to create our home spaces to be spaces where our kids feel the spirit of love, um, gratitude, uh, everything's going to be okay. There's nothing that we can't figure out together. Everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to coming home and not having, if you don't have your home is your safe space where will they find it? Right, right. That's huge. And, the, and I think too that, you know, people feel your, people feel the energy in your space when you walk in. So I'm always telling my, um, a lot of my clients I'll work with, I'll tell them, you create the energy in the room. You mm-hmm. have the power to create the energy. So if you don't like what's in the room, change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what really speaks to me with that is, is just facing things together. We're a team. We, we got each other through pain, through, through frustration, whatever, we're all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so we did the next one, but the, what we were just talking about kind of goes with the one after that. We will laugh and sing and dance and create. We will always have permission to be ourselves with each other. No matter what, you will always belong here. Oh. And that's that, you know, the safe space you were talking about. Yes. And, yeah. yes. And just, and our kids will go through a lot of things where they feel they don't fit in. They feel that they're different. They don't, you know, when their friends reject them or when, uh, and they're not going to feel uh, whole, they're not going to feel good. They're not going to feel like they're, they're good enough in some way or another. Right. And letting them know that no matter who you are, you're always going to belong here. This is the place where, this is the place where love is. This is, this is it. And so they can never doubt that that they are not loved by their mom and their dad and whoever, what family members or whatever guardians, whoever is their parenting role, you know, because not everybody is fortunate enough to have a mom and a dad, that this is where I am loved. And we always have to make sure that we're creating that space for them. It is our job as parents to create that space for them. Absolutely. And I got to say, coming from a family with divorced parents, I always felt that, you know, even though my parents weren't together in the same house, I always felt that love, no matter what, you know. Whether- and, and I think that's something that's really unfortunate for a lot of people who do divorce that they don't put the family unit first. That, and I, I remember, when, you know, as I went through a divorce as well, that it always so was so important to me, and we have been able to maintain this great family unit. Like we may not be married anymore, but man, we can still be one badass family together. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the parents just have to get over their shit, like yeah. just get over your shit. You know, it's, it's done. It's, it's in the past. It's whatever, but you know, what's not in the past Our kids. You're yeah, absolutely. And yeah. they deserve, they didn't ask for our bullshit and our inability to stay together. Right. Right. Um, yeah. What they deserve is that's your problem. Don't, don't make it ours. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, you know, no, you know, little side note for, for yeah. that, for everybody yeah. there. Yeah. Um, unless of course, somebody's done something totally heinous and immoral and horrible, but for the right. most part, you know, you know, everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah. And then I think the final one, I will not teach or love or show you anything perfectly, but I will let you see me. And I will always hold sacred the gift of seeing you truly, deeply seeing you. And that's for who they are. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we may have hopes for our kids to want to be and do certain things. Um, and they may grow up and not want to do those things. Are we going to allow them? And even, I'm going to tell you, even if you think you're hiding it, they, they, they feel it and they know. Mm-hmm. They, they know. absolutely know. 
And I, I think that the, the lesson there and the reflective lesson there for parents is, have you asked your kids what they want to do? Mm -hmm. Have you asked them why they want to do it? You know, don't, let's not forget that kids are in the people pleasing mode. They know that the, that like I, they'll, they'll do anything for their parents. Right. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I want to make you proud that yeah. all children are trying to make their parents proud so they can receive love mm -hmm. right back, right back to the beginning. Yeah. How can I receive the most love from my parents? I'll do what they tell me to do. I'll, I'll you know, but, but that's, that's not fair to mm -hmm. them. That's not fair to put them in a space where they're doing things because they think it's going to get them something. What mm -hmm. they need to do is they need to be able to have the freedom to choose the life that they are trying to create for themselves. Now, of course, we as parents know that we have to expose them to a lot of things. How mm -hmm. will they know if they don't like art or dance or music or sports, you know, if we don't expose them? Right. Right. So I think our job as a parent is to allow them if we can and have the ability to allow them to try lots of different things right to, to to broaden their perspective and their knowledge of what is available to them in terms of things that they could become passionate about because how would you know you wouldn't love um you know being a dancer if you never tried how would you know yeah. you wouldn't love hockey if you never tried right. so we have to allow them the opportunity to try anything that makes the, the, that they're curious about you know right. but then to be okay when Eh, it's not their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also just seeing them in terms of, um, you know, they're, they're all different little delicate flowers in certain ways and they all have their own little special needs. And I, I, I see this in the similar way of coaching a team, like being an athletic coach to a team. And when we were at athletic Republic, I used to talk about this. I would see examples of coaches that I really admired and those who I didn't, because I think a coach like a parent is somebody who's, who coaches to the athlete, meaning what I do, it's not a one size fits all. My job as a coach is to get the very best I can out of each one of these people. And the way I do that is gonna be different mm -hmm. for every single one of these, these kids. So yeah. I have to do the work. Yeah. I can't be lazy as a coach. Yeah. I can't just say it's my way or the highway, or this is what's always worked or yell out the way it's going to be. That's lazy. It, yeah, I agree. And that's where the that behavioral assessment comes into play because it's it's it helps out so much mm -hmm. when you maybe you run across a player you're having a difficult time um, figuring out how to get through to them or how to coach them and that's you know why that's such a valuable tool but my dad has always said that actually growing up like you have to coach the team but you also have to coach each individual mm -hmm. because it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing it, it's because you're lazy. Or you don't know how. Yeah. And, and there's the same way with kids. Yep. Yep. Get help. Get help. If you're lazy, it out. That's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that comes down to things like, okay, so you may, I don't know, you'll figure out how your kids are different, but my daughter was a communicator, a talker all the time. We could sit down, talk, 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 talk everything out. Um, my son, not so much. He was more quiet, more reflective, more introverted in terms of that way, you know? And I was always trying to get him to talk more. I, I felt like, well, that's, that's, I need you to talk more. So I have more knowledge, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was me needing to try to change him mm -hmm. so I could be more comfortable, you know? And I recognized that, you know, that I, that I would do that. And um, finally, I just had to accept that, hey, this, I, I'm not respecting him to be who he is. He's, He's different. He's different than me. 
-hmm. different than his his sister. Mm -hmm. He he's amazing in his own way. And what makes him that he's more of a reflective, quieter person? That's not better or worse than anything. It's just it just is. That's mm -hmm. how he figures stuff out. Right. And that's okay. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And, and I think as parents, we sometimes don't think it's okay because right. it's not fitting what we think is best. Yeah. What works for us? What's or comfortable it's, for us? Yeah, it's making it difficult for us mm -hmm. and yeah, uncomfortable and mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that is the wholehearted parenting manifesto. Yes. And if we could even like do this halfway well through our life. I think that we are, are being amazing parents. Yeah. Yep. So I think you're an amazing parent. Oh, thank you. Likewise. So we poured into parents today. Yes, we did. And kids. And kids. Directly. Yeah. Yep. And families. Families. Yep. Che cheers to families. Yeah. Big cheers to families. A, a child's first team. Oh, I love that. Oh, let's end on that. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next see you time. Bye. 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 Hello, friends. We are so happy that you joined us again today. We really are grateful to have you as part of our little community. So thank you so much. We just want to remind you to pour good things into your cup and pour some good things into some other people's cups today, too. We love you and we'll see you soon. And don't forget to like and subscribe to us if you like what we're doing, because we would love to have you come along with us on all of our little journeys. See you soon. Bye-bye.